recursion has been the talk of the town for the past few days. We wanted to do another segment here. We've got two founders of projects who are pushing the boundaries and pioneering this technology. First, let's do Sanj. Okay, so Sanj, you are the creator of Fomojis, if people aren't aware. And you just put out a few experiments that caught my eye. Basically, as soon as recursions got merged, like you were like coding late at night, I think. So I'd love to hear, as a creator who has created the normal sort of inscriptions where you just inscribe the files directly, you see this new technology come out, this upgrade. Can you explain how that's affected your thinking, what you can potentially do here, and what you guys at Fomojis are thinking about as far as leveraging this technology? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us up. It was a crazy couple of days when it first got merged. We quickly jumped into trying to do a few things. I guess for me, it can be looked at in two different ways. There's obviously, you got your, the standard JPEGs, which is the true file. With this recursion, it unlocks, allowing files to be so much smaller, which at the moment, it's not a huge issue because fees are still <laughs> crazy high compared to what they were. But in five years from now, whatever, if this gets to millions of people doing it, then it'll be impossible for people to inscribe JPEG. So this allows heaps smaller file sizes. So basically, I can explain a basic sort of way. It basically uses a HTML file to compile each image rather than the actual image itself. So it's using a bit of trickery to refer to previous inscriptions, and that makes it a lot easier to actually get smaller file sizes. Love that. Yeah, the file size thing is the, in addition to the generative thing that we're going to get to in a sec, just the number one complaint I hear is, I want to come create on Bitcoin, but I don't have $10,000 to spend on my collection to inscribe it. That's obviously prohibitively expensive. This allows you to potentially basically lower the fees by orders of magnitude if you did it intelligently, like efficiently. Is this going to open up the possibility for people to do much higher supply collections? Do you think we're going to see a lot more just basically a lot more maybe smaller creators and artists come here and just start experimenting who just wouldn't have otherwise. I'm curious, maybe from like the art perspective, if you see anything interesting happening there, I know you talked to a bunch of people in this space. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's massive for those people who don't have the upfront capital because like you said, it can cost tens, even hundreds of thousands. If someone wanted to do a 10K collection, and they wanted to inscribe it up front, it would probably cost them hundreds of thousand dollars at the moment. So this allows pretty much our ones we did, which you have to inscribe the traits initially. So that's there's a little bit of an upfront cost, but rather than doing 10,000, you might inscribe 100 to 200 traits in pretty good quality. And then the actual HTMLs that, that sort of reference those, ours are 190 bytes, which is like 0.19 kilobytes. So it's tiny. It's It costs, I mean, it's pretty much like doing a BRC sort of, type of cost so it's really minimal to actually inscribe each one it's slightly different on the output end because it's not an image as such to html but it looks pretty much the same on the explorers so it's yeah it'll, it'll be massive for those people that want it and i've had a lot of people reach out asking or oh, i've wanted to inscribe all these images but i couldn't afford it and so it's going to be huge to get more people on board and we're gonna it's simple but it's also a little bit technical, especially if you're not a dev. So we're going to put out a bit of documentation. For, the code's all there so people can see it, but we're going to try and lay it out for people because I've had so many people asking me, oh, help me do this, help me do this, and it's, I can't get to them all in one. So we're going to try and lay it out as easily for people to do as possible because it's the more people that can get access to this, the better. So it's unlike Danny's doing with on-chain monkeys, it's, he's probably going <laughs> to, tomorrow when everyone sees what he does, it's going to be pretty crazy. But yeah, that's the basics behind it. And I think the other one, which I didn't mention, is generative art in terms of the art blocks and that sort of thing, which 
Danny's inscribed all the library, so he can probably speak more about that. But that'll be huge for basically art blocks on Bitcoin. It's like we've seen a few little ones. I've seen a few pop up on Ord.io, and that's pretty cool to see as well because it's we've had these on chain these pointers pointing to IPFS, but now it's fully on chain, which is I think in my opinion is pretty massive. So it's cool to see. Agreed. Okay, Danny, can you explain? This is like a question I've been getting from a lot of people. It's what is actually happening here? The word recursion doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Like you inscribed some files of JavaScript basically on chain and you are using those files to create art in a very efficient manner. Can you explain how you're doing that? How could someone else do this? Yeah, just give us the lowdown on what you guys have been doing. Absolutely, happy to. Well, first of all, uh, this is something that I've been talking about since February pretty much continuously. It's just that people haven't been hearing, I guess, the message. And we inscribed these libraries in February too and been using them since then. But the timing now is good to be talking about it because we've also been working with the org team on basically this release of recursion. So it is actually literally this week that it's being enabled on ornos.com and also org.io and a bunch of the Explorers are enabling that. The marketplaces are enabling that. So the, the timing actually worked out perfectly for us. But the thing we inscribed back in February is LCM Dimensions, which uses the libraries that we talked about. And yeah, the thing about art blocks on Bitcoin, it's even better than on Ethereum because I don't know how familiar people are with kind of on-chain versus off-chain versus IPF versus centralized servers. Ethereum by design, not art blocks, but just by design, points to URLs, token URI. So it's actually hard for the art blocks framework to even do on chain. So what they do is they actually have, they run a centralized server where it still uses a URL to render all the images when you have a art blocks NFT. The on chain part is in the back end, but when you actually view the thing, it's using the central server. So if art blocks goes down, you can't see your NFT. And that's not the case actually for how we're doing ordinals now so when and it hasn't started yet so we're all early here this is why we're talking about it and we're so excited by it because it's really now that i guess people are listening right when i say hey you can do this on bitcoin so the two main libraries that people care about in art blocks there are several there's like five or six but the two that are very popular are 3.js and b5.js so those we inscribed uh they're ready to use but we also inscribed it even in a better way than how people are thinking of doing it now so people are right now thinking, oh, let's just take the JS file, minify it, and inscribe it as a JS MIME type onto Bitcoin. That works now because fees are low. Fees are low now. Even if you think they're high, they're low. But give it five years like what you know, Sonny was saying, and he, people don't want to do that, right? People will learn to do it the most efficient way possible. So what's a better way to do it? You compress the file first, and then you inscribe it. But you have to know how to decompress the file. So what we did, and this is what we did back in February, is we compress the JS files and inscribe them, but we also have a decompression library that can automatically decompress it. So when you render it, you actually pull in the decompression library, you reference the compressed library that then decompresses it and then uses and loads that library. It also decompresses your code that's compressed and then runs that and it's all rendered. So that's how OCM Dimensions works when you load that up. And so this is what we're offering for after we launch Dimensions. So we're really busy with launching Dimensions for tomorrow, which we can talk about later. But as soon as we're done with that busyness, we're going to open source all the stuff we did on 3.js, the compression, the p5.js, 
and we'll have a little workflow. So th this will be really simple for any artist who has done JavaScript art, generative art with P5.js or 3.js. All they had to do, and they don't even need to know about our how it works for Bitcoin inscriptions. They just have to make it work on their local setup, just as they would do for any like any website. When it works there, then they would take that file, put it into our workflow. We'll have a website or some, so we'll have the GitHub repo so people can figure out how to do it pretty easily, or other people can help them. But then you just run it, and it spits out the basically the modified inscription file, which is compressed, so smaller than your actual code. And you inscribe that, and it just works. So that's what we'll have. We can publish by that. How much, like, compression, right? Like, how much of the file size can you save, theoretically, with compressing a text file like that? Yeah, actually, I tested some of the stuff. Like, I just took the current inscription. Like, there was, like, a, some space shooter game that someone put up. It was maybe 400 kilobytes or something. And then, and so this also takes HTML. So it's not just, like, JavaScript code. You can take some HTML inscriptions people have done, and it'll compress it. And then the output actually runs perfectly when you, after you inscribe it, it's actually just like an HTML in that the browser will still open up or.io. You'll still go to that inscription, even though it's gone through this like workflow and it'll play that Space Invaders game just like you did beforehand. So I think in that example, I think it was maybe it's like 200 or 300 kilobytes. That's an like actual inscription. But if you run through the thing and you inscribe it, it's 30 kilobytes or something. It's a much, it's a huge decrease in size. Dan, I mean, you're working miracles out here, dude. <laughs> People are going to love this. I just wanted to touch on this thing you pointed out. So it sounds like almost you're creating an art box. So I saw you tweeted out this Osura project that you guys are working on. Is that basically art box for Bitcoin? Like I literally know nothing about it. So what we're launching OCM Dimension tomorrow, right? So that is like this, our kind of, our... Basically, it's the thing I've been working on, the team has been working on, actually, for a long time. It's not just for the last couple months, but actually, it's been a long effort to get that. So that's kind of our pinnacle Orno collection that's launching tomorrow. And that has been our focus. And then Osura is the platform that is launching our things. So that is our kind of pinnacle launch. And next will be the Genesis collection, which we inscribed very early. And people didn't understand it at the time, what we were doing. But I think it's more clear now why we did it that way. But yeah, tomorrow is tomorrow's Osura launching OCM Dimensions. Which but Osura is your project. Like That is your platform you guys built in-house, am I correct? Oh, yes, yes. And it has some cool features on how it can handle mints. So the, actually, OS, the Dimensions launch will, will be pretty interesting on this platform. It, it's an experience that also hasn't been done on Bitcoin. And then, yeah, Dimensions itself is an art collection that has basically... So you know, Linus had published like a list of 10 top metas, and 8 of the 10 are part of dimensions the collection and several of them were, we're the ones who actually pioneered those metas you could say yeah i love that i i was definitely thinking of you guys when i sent that out because it's you guys definitely i think i replied to one of your tweets i was like danny's turning bitcoin into his play box or something like sandbox like just having fun okay i'm gonna be totally honest you basically just confirmed that unchained monkey is building an art box platform on bitcoin you're obviously launching the first two collections on that this is basically the chromie squiggles or the Day one art box projects, if people are familiar with the analogy there. Yeah. Danny, I wanted to ask because you mentioned so many great things. Basically, right now, once you guys release this, I need to have some sort of level of knowledge for coding. And so is there potentially like a game plan next step that this could be something also drag and drop even for people that are not necessarily engineers? Like, how are you guys thinking about this to open it up to like absolute masses? 
Yeah, there definitely are drag and drop elements to it. For example, if people want to inscribe papers, right, text, a lot of them are just like simple HTML. So you could just take that and then go through the compression and it'll spit out something that's compressed. But when you view it in the viewers, it comes out the right way because it's still code. It's HTML code. It's basic HTML code that works. If you know a little bit of JavaScript, th there are actually a lot of tools that you can use, basically libraries like P5.js or 3.js to build Actually, like GUI libraries or not like tools on websites where you can create these these things using those libraries. So it actually, yeah, it's a drag and drop type of interface. So you don't actually have to code to do some of these things. And then once you output the code from the tools, then you put it into our tool, and then it spits out what you need to inscribe. So yeah, that'll be more available pretty soon. Yo, Danny, you're just making me a more bullish on this Osera platform because like we've talked about on the show with you for a while. Somebody needs to build our box. Maybe it would be cool if there was a platform for this. <laughs> In the background, you're secretly working on our box for Bitcoin. Good things. Do you want to say something? Yeah, I just want to say uh, secretly, as soon as I found out about Ordinals and I found out that Danny and the team were working on putting Genesis there, I immediately went to, hey, Danny, are we creating our box on Bitcoin? And he told me no. I think he wanted to temper my expectations. But I'm just going to be honest. Secretly, I was hoping for this since day one. Love it. Yeah, it's cool. I can see now how with this recursion stuff, like you could totally take, I'm going to miss say it, but like it's roughly inscription 20,000 that you did where you guys, I think Adam has a picture of you like coding it by the pool at some like Bitcoin conference, Danny, where you're inscribing the art for all 10,000 on-chain monkey from Ethereum on-chain onto Bitcoin as well. But you didn't do it in a way that had like the actual inscriptions that people could own yet. You focused on inscribing the art and getting that provenance of the art on chain. And I could totally see now how it's like, you would take that inscription, you would bring it in, and you would basically render a specific number for the monkey, and then you could blow up that image. And that's, at the end of the day, like all the user like would see collecting is just, hey, here's this image, but it's pulling from this early inscription. So I don't know, it's like, <laughs> you, yeah, the fact that you saw, I don't know if you exactly had figured out all of this back in February when you did that, but there's a very clear path now. It wasn't so obvious, maybe back in February, March, how this would work. Like we knew it's like theoretically possible the same way we know that theoretically we can colonize Mars, but somebody still has to colonize Mars. And it seems like we're at the phase where it's like, we've got a bunch of packages dropped off on Mars. Elon's loaded up the ships. We're about to take off. It seems like very within reach that we can do this now. So I'm pumped for this kind of new paradigm of... I don't know, basically how people are going to create on Bitcoin. I don't know exactly what how people will use this technology, but I'm sure it's going to be really cool. So I'm just pumped that Casey, Ordinally, Raf are all working with you guys and pushing this forward because it's very fun. It's quite fun. If anybody here is a developer or an artist, this is who cares about the money. Just go experiment creating art and storing it on Bitcoin. That's like the coolest thing ever. Jake, you got your hand up. Hey, Danny, just wanted to give you your flowers like since february you guys have been building and finally you literally like launching this shit long time you're definitely going to get rewarded for all this shit that you've been building in the back end and on top of that i just wanted to ask you a couple questions being a builder yourself what are some like challenges that you faced like just from early on since you've been so early in ordinals and like what sort of ways that do you see like in the moving on like all these challenges they'll get better or just in, in, I would say, in your present as well, if you can speak on it. Sure. It's, it's being an entrepreneur, right? It's about managing risk, 
right? And what are the risks? There's market risk, financial risk, technology risk, team risk. And the biggest one you really can't manage is kind of the market risk or product market fit. Like financial risk, team risk, technology risk are are pretty much within your control of who you hire, what you work on. But figuring out market, right, that and finding product market fit, I'd say it's the hardest thing. And and to Leonidas' point, right, back in February, it's not, it's not clear. Like, in terms of technology, I thought that it was pretty clear that this is how it would go because of fees will be up, you need to do things that are most efficient. So that this is a, it could be that people, no one cared about ordinals, right? It was still very early in ordinals, right? So it's just figuring out what where the, the market is going to go, where people care, what people care about. I think actually think ordinals is going to be even bigger than any of us think about now. I think it's going to be one of the biggest things that benefits Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is something that's very big for the world. But I think Ornold is actually, is basically, you could say, a type of smart contracting system on top of Bitcoin that's open, permissionless, and pretty much doesn't interfere directly with the Bitcoin, the underlying basic scripting languages of Bitcoin. So I think it's as people figure out more use cases beyond just art. So art is cool, right? We're excited by it. But I think there's actually even more valuable use cases beyond the art that Ornold opens up on top of Bitcoin. Love it. The question or the thing I wanted to bring up was like survivability of Bitcoin. And uh, I was just going to ask Danny a question because me and Danny work closely every day with our team. We don't get, I don't get a chance to talk to him too often, but I think one of the interesting, I think elements of anybody who's building this ecosystem is like survivability, right? Every single one of us, if you've been through even one cycle or even like half of a cycle and you remain, that's pretty significant. And so we've seen a decade plus of, Economic activity from Bitcoin, engineers, artists, content creators, marketing folks, product people. This one little piece of software has spawned like billions and billions of dollars of industry over the over a decade plus. And Danny's one of those people that's been there for a lot of it. And I was just going to ask him basically, what does he see that makes him stay? Because I've talked with a lot of people uh, who've been here for a few years. And it's, I think it's easy to stay basically for a few years, but to stay for as long as People like Danny have, people like you, Trevor. Leonidas has been here for so long. What is it about this that keeps you guys here? I think one is building or having a vision and then also focusing on that vision and building things that you think have lasting value, that you believe in. It's not building something like launching something for a quick flip. You think that what you're doing really means something, can solve a problem, can have impact in the world. Example, Casey actually launching ordinals protocol right he if you listen to him when he talks about it it's not he's very passionate about bitcoin and the protocol and he thinks it's a service to the world right it's he's not trying to pump ordinals to be something like financially good for him it's really like he he really believes in it. he wants it to be high quality lasting and that's also how, how i see when we did on chain monkey back we launched Genesis and basically all the things we, or certain minutes since it's on the radar for tomorrow's launch. It's something we launched in, in February, but all the pieces to get it actually to launch took till, till basically tomorrow. And we put lots of things in it. Like the fact that it had all those things on Leonidas' list is because we think these are important things for Ornos, like having recursion, having composability, um, the parent child relationship. These are all things that we thought were meaningful that others could also use and would be of lasting value. So that's why we spent so much time to, to work on it. And we also want to share that with 
everyone. So that's why we're going to open source some things pretty soon so that people, other people can use it. Because what's different about doing the art blocks type of thing on um, Bitcoin is actually it's completely open. Anyone can do it. So once we kind of share how it's done, everyone can do it. There's no one stopping anyone. And it opens up basically Bitcoin to be the biggest platform for the best art and the highest quality art. It's probably going to be on Bitcoin in terms of gender of art, the ones that use these libraries from, from code to create very cool visualizations. And that, I think that's what creates lasting value, and that's what we focus on. Awesome. Alpha, you can go really quickly, then we're going to go to Sanj, and then we're going to move to the next segment. Yeah, I was just going to ask Danny about the inscription and how it's happening, the 1 through 300. Is there any correlation? Like, you, you talk about this, like, dancing in your tweets, how the movement of the Satoshis happened. I read this, like, Medium article, and there's a relationship between, like, salsa dancing and Bitcoin. Do you, can you tell us a little bit maybe about like how that happened and the importance of it? Yeah, so the 300, we actually picked out specific Satoshis in it, and they were all sequentially aligned. So basically, it started from Satoshi number one to Satoshi number 300, and each one was inscribed in turn. And it was done with a parent child. And then we also wanted to have a randomization that was on chain with a reveal and have it provably fair. So we had this another inscription that traveled with the parent and we called it the angel that went around also across 300 inscriptions and that will show how that can that can basically prove that when someone mints one of 300 they there was a fair randomization where they got let's say number seven out of 300 and also the number seven was one of the random ones out of the 300 so that was one of the things that that we have that will happen tomorrow awesome Sanj yeah, I was just going to add on, I guess, what you were speaking about earlier about what else it can unlock with recursion and that sort of thing. And I think something that a lot of people, especially the maxis, which they might be going extinct anyway, but a lot of people find with and are hesitant to come over to Bitcoin still because of like the environmental effects and whether there's a lot of arguments to say that's a good thing that power, so much power is needed because it helps keep it more secure. But a lot of people, say from Ethereum, might think, oh, I don't want to put stuff on Bitcoin because of the effects of it. But recursion basically, I guess, minimizes that a lot. It, it enables people to put stuff on Bitcoin, which is the most secure sort of chain, the, the permissionless and all that sort of thing, which is what we love about it. And so it can definitely unlock a lot more potential in that sort of thing because definitely, I've definitely heard from a few people saying, oh, we're hesitant to go over to Bitcoin because of the environmental effects or using up all this block space. But this kind of gets best of both worlds where you can have it fully on chain on the ultimate blockchain and it's minimizing the actual sort of footprint of it so it should be pretty cool to see what people do with it it's crazy that only three lines of code in casey and ras thing unlocked it it was all possible but before they made it accepted in the protocol so yeah it's pretty exciting stuff <laughs> 